Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Tuesday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Conan. Dennis Dick with you this morning. Not much in the way of uh, macro news overnight. We do have a bunch of earnings to talk about. No real huge names, but enough names that we know of, like BP. We'll talk about uh, Virgin Galactic made $0 in revenue, not earnings, revenue last quarter. So we'll talk about that. Talk about the day uh, that ADT had yesterday. We, we can talk about how the story heated up again uh, in the electric vehicle stocks yesterday. So we have, we got some stuff today, even though we have no real macro headlines uh, on our radar. Our guest today is Andrew Channon. He's the co-founder and CEO of Procure AM. He runs the Space ETF tickers UFO. So good day to have him on. We'll talk about Virgin Galactic with Andrew as well when he comes on at eight thirty-five. Don't forget to hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. We appreciate that. And I will throw it to Joel now, who will give us an update on what exactly has gone down here in the overnight trading session. Joel. Uh, what's gone down, Spencer, is the S&P 500 stock index futures. Uh, potential double top here, 97.75. That was your pre-market after-hours high, whatever you want to call it. That was a couple points above your high from yesterday at 95.5, so stopping just shy of that 3,300 level. Thought they might jam some stops. We continue to just drift lower here making new lows in the pre-market session, below the interday low from yesterday. Uh, let's make some easy targets here. Uh, we have uh, Monday's Globex low at 54.75. So really, that's really your next area of support, about 17 handles away. But you can see right now, pretty much down here over the last couple hours. Uh, crude, giving back what it made yesterday, that's trading down 71 cents at 40.30. Still on the daily though, just kind of hanging out at 40 bucks. Uh, gold still flirting with the close over 2,000. That's up 390 at 1990.20. Silver, a little bit quiet for silver here, up just about a penny here at 24, 42 and a half, let's call it. And uh, Bitcoin can't clear that $12,000 hurdle. A uh, couple highs, 11.6, 11.8, currently down $310, 11,310. Uh, Triple D, a sinking market we have in our hands here. Was there any indications at that 8 o'clock close that we were going to have a little weakness today? No, no, not really. So what are we attributing the weakness here to overnight? Do we have a catalyst here? Overseas markets? Just a little bit of uh, profit taking after the massive run we've seen in Apple. I mean, there's a lot of reasons. COVID? 
<laughs> COVID cases climbing again over there, Spencer. What do you got? Actually, they're not. Um, I know they're not. Yeah, the the we have we've stabilized. We haven't they're flattening the curve. That, but the seven-day moving average of new cases has been going down. Curve is flattening. People sure. getting a little bit safer in some of these southern states. That's good news. That's, That's good all news. good news for sure. for sure. Yeah. So um, looking here, I mean, you're still enough. Very clear uptrend. Is there any reason to get bearish here when stocks are all breaking out? I think it's a pullback to buy. I've been saying, you know, and obviously it's been correct. Every pullback's been another buying opportunity, I, ex except in obviously some of the stocks. But you know what? Even some of the reopening stocks started to get some life yesterday. And maybe Let's we should start it. with Boeing because Boeing has been going straight down in the last month despite the market going straight up. Complete separation we've been talking about from technology to the reopening plays. But you look here at Boeing and you think, wow, um, some life yesterday because that was a, actually a key reversal yesterday. Look at me and my technical analysis you there, are. Joel. Yes. Stock made a new low and then closed and made a new high. So there you are. So key reversal for Boeing. Boeing actually trading in the green once again here this morning. So you are seeing a little bit of rotation, sneaky rotation from technology into some of the reopening plays you were seeing that and you saw that yesterday too that started because obviously you saw the rip and rally in apple right in the morning where everybody was chasing and then it kind of cooled off for the rest of the day and the, and the s p's were starting to rotate from a little bit of tech from value now every time it has done that rotation um it's only lasted for a couple of days so i would say it started yesterday and it is following through here a little bit this morning uh, with the Boeing, I mean, there's always there's always bounces in stocks, right? We're trading up uh, 88 cents, not a lot. That key reversal you talked about, boy, oh boy, I'm seeing I'm seeing a couple highs in the same area here. Let's see, the, over the last three days, 164. I, I'd be a believer over 164 and a half today. We're up 68 cents. 164.55 is your three day high. Then it opens up to 173, but it just, you know, maybe a little seller's exhaustion here. You know, people have sold and sold and sold. Big, ah, nice volume day yesterday, 38 million versus 30. So it has a shot. And, well, worst case, you got a number to lean on that 153.41. I think if you're doing a swing trade in this, you got to give it, what, six, eight, ten points the way you it moves. You got to give it to the so, low at least. Yeah, you got to give I'd it to I'd give it to the low of the move, 153.41 now. Yeah, but so, what about uh, American Airlines? How's that doing? Is that showing any signs of life here? Uh, I think all of them yesterday, and I don't think it was quite the key reversal. I don't think we made a new high. We just barely missed it, it looks like, if I'm just looking at my chart correctly by a couple of cents. But, yeah, you know what? I would argue that a little bit of life. I'm not saying it's a turnaround story, but I think the flattening of the curve that Spencer was talking about two minutes ago, coupled, you know, with a lot of people just looking for a place to put money says, Hey, these reopening stocks are pretty cheap. And you know what, if we're flattening the curve again, we saw a flattening the curve, wicked rally in all the reopening stocks and the wild card is the vaccine. So you are seeing a little bit of, you know, sneaky buyers here, Kohl's showing a little bit of life yesterday, not trading down here this morning. So, and you know, IWM, I mean, let's just talk, you know, because this covers a lot of the stocks. We've obviously been tracking IWM versus the Qs and the major underperformance that IWM has had. But you're butting up against major resistance here in IWM, too. You get over 150. Yeah. Maybe some of the smaller reopening plays are going to start to show some life again. So 
could try them for some swing trades. Every time I seem to try these things, I get burned, though. So I've just been sticking mostly with technology. But maybe we're, we're due for a little rotation, some healthy rotation. In a uh, question for you. Are you as bullish American Airlines at 11 bucks as you were bearish at uh, 2280 on June no. 8th? No. And if I'm going in that, I'm going to have a clear stop. And the clear stop would be yesterday's low, 1071. So if you're coming in and saying, yeah, you know what? Maybe there's some life here. You can give it a shot. Stop yourself out below 1070. I wouldn't want to see it breach yesterday's low. So we're trying to see if we caught a few people, you know, it broke down again last couple of days, maybe catch a couple of people short a little bit. Johnny come lately shorts there. Because, you know, even if you think the American Airlines, you know, isn't going to make it through all this, it's not going bankrupt tomorrow. They got cash for a while. So there's going to be some nice bounces to play. And if you get the vaccine, there could be some bounces that hold. So I don't mind trying them here, but these would only be trades at this point in time. For me. <laughs> you're, you're not don't very, get stuck. Very don't let the trade turn into the investment, people. Don't let that happen. What about Delta? Same thing. Just sleepy, you know? Look at just sleepy chart. Maybe a little seller's exhaustion. In that, that was a too. key reversal yesterday. Those yeah. sneaky little key reversals here. Look at us pointing some stuff out. Sneaky. Sneaky market. I don't mind the, del the Delta either. I don't mind the chart. I would stop myself out if I'm buying in here this morning, and maybe the overall market pulls back, maybe gives you a shot around 25. Stop yourself out 24.38. You're risking yourself 2.5%. Maybe get a maybe get a little bit of squeeze. I mean, squeezes happen. Yeah, um, UAL hugging the thirty dollar area. Uh, let's Again, see how... if you're trading these though, I would say these are trades, and I'd be very careful not to get stuck with these because so many people, you know, will put these in and like, oh, you know, yeah, they were looking good, and then they all of a sudden puke, and then it's like, oh, well, I don't want to lose money on it, so I'm gonna wait till it comes back, and then you know, this is what happens. If you go back and look at the charts, even on American Airlines or Delta back, you know, at $14 when we thought it could bounce and 15 and then it did, but then eventually came back down and took it out. And that was your key to get the hell out. So uh, stop yeah. yourself out on these. If you're trying them from the look at side. this $45 level of Royal Caribbean. Look at yeah, that. 45. Uh, and we got, well, we, well, Royal Caribbean reported. Oh, they did. Or they're Ooh. due to report soon. No, no, I guess they didn't report, but they're due to. When is Royal Caribbean? It's coming, there, isn't there it? There was uh, there was a cruise ship, one of the first cruise lines to to resume operations in Europe. I think I want to say it was in. Is that what it was? Yeah. I want to say it was in Norway, and there was an outbreak aboard aboard the ship. Oh. When is Royal Caribbean earnings? Uh, let's find out. I believe they're coming up very soon. RC. I have oh. August the. I've got August. Ten. Yep, before the bell. Yep. Yeah. So you got six days. Six days. So you know, could you get a little pre-earnings? You know, pre-squeeze, maybe some hope. I, I, I think there's a potential trade here. I don't love it, but I don't hate it either. So Royal Caribbean. I mean, you got a lot of support down there. Clearly defined support, Joel. Good eye. Yep. Good eye. What is uh? Try this em. is try them, right? What's try the worst em. thing can happen? You lose money. Yeah, you lose my ass worse than Captain. 75.55. Wow, what a bounce off 19 and a quarter. I'm not even going to try and do this in my head. Plus 19.25. But he's going to do it anyways. 47.40 is mid-range here, which is hugging here. I think you can hold this 45, hold 47.50. I think you got a chance a little rebound here in RCL. Not that I'm going on a cruise. I didn't, I didn't like cruises before. Yeah, Even we before know. I, we, we I like cruises. I've only been on one, and I had a lot of fun. 
All right, so that's our little talk of value. And there's a lot of earnings here to talk about. And I want to start with the gamers from last night because Take Two Interactive, it's leaking here. Again, this is a technology play. This is a play on lockdown. If value starts to come into favor, don't be surprised. Remember last quarter, Take Two was up like 10 bucks and then they pulled the rug out from under and it fell 10 bucks. So I don't know if that, and here I am talking against my book again. I own Take Two. But, you know, all-time highs, the thing's up. And I, and Fast Money last night, holy man, they're chasing stocks. They're saying, you know, now they like Take-Two. I mean, we talked about it on this show, and I've owned Take-Two since $112. We know I bought it, you know, before the COVID thing started. And I've been holding through because of the gaming aspect. But if you remember, when everybody was flying in American Airlines and Boeing, if you remember and go rewind to that show back, I believe, on June the 5th, and they were throwing stocks like Take Two out because we were reopening and we didn't need video games anymore. That morning, I said the stock I would be buying today if I didn't already own it was Take Two, and the stock was 126. And I said I wouldn't be surprised if it even got down at 122 or 123. It only got down to 124.86, and that was the bottom on June the 5th, and it has been straight up ever since. So if you're coming in buying Take Two now, you are doing it backwards. Backwards. I right. think it's time. If I, I'm going to hold on to take two. I'm in it. I believe in this long-term story. If you were in this for a swing trade, you made yourself 30, 40% here in the last three months. It's not a bad trade. All right. Take two just had their best first quarter uh, or fiscal first quarter uh, in the company's history. Uh, their EPS uh, last quarter, $2 and three cents per share versus a buck 59 estimate revenue, 996 million versus an 843 million estimate. They also came in and raised their guidance for their bookings guidance for the year going to be at the high end of the two billion dollar range they said that net revenue was up 54 percent uh bookings was up 136 percent year over year and uh, both those numbers beat expectations plus the guidance raise is a recipe for being up in the pre-market firing on all six cylinders so this is is this as good as it gets though remember that movie as, as good as it gets is this as good as it gets for the gamers that's the question you know can they get a better environment than this i don't know and the guidance says they don't know either so obviously gaming stocks are all hot here this morning we look at activision blizzard which i did sell i booked my profits in atvi good for you yeah and you know what i'm early a little bit early on it because pactor said it was a double i said i'd hold it to 100 but then we got up to the alt to the high from you know the all-time high i believe if we go back there and we're right there, 84.76. We're going to take it out here this morning, so I'm already having seller's remorse on it. ATBI. But I did book my profits. And I just looked at my overall gaming exposure, and I was like, I own them all. Okay, let's time to sell one. So I sold Activision Blizzard. Still own EA. Still own Take-Two. Um, I, I, and I don't know. I'm sticking maybe with the EA and the Take-Two, but with how often watching, do you play? How often do you play those games? I don't play video games. Oh, okay. Although I did play Legend of Zelda a lot as a kid, and uh, my kids, my, obviously my five-year-old, um, we were breaking out the old Legend of Zelda there just uh, about a week and a half ago. And I was like, I started playing it for an hour. I was like, this game has just got to be one of the best games ever made. It is so much fun. Did you play Legend of Zelda, Spencer, as a kid? Actually, no. No, it's your uh, no. I didn't. I'm not. Uh, Joel, no. we know, never played video games. I've never, I've never, um, never had a video game console. I, I, I do I, a girl named Zelda. I did not. I missed that. I, I just missed that game. I, I 
didn't I played other games, but I never played that game. That's got to be in chat. Do you have my background? It's one of the no, best video games so. ever made, Legend of Zelda. It probably is. It probably it's is. such a phenomenal game. The original NES Legend of Zelda. I started playing. The fun factor is through the roof. I know the graphics, you know, you're obviously going back, you know, it was an eight bit system or whatever the original Nintendo was. But for that time, those graphics were blowing Atari away. I mean, Nintendo came out and it was like, wow. Legend of Zelda, the gold cartridge. Remember the gold cartridge you put it in? Gold. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen Hot. it. And I've, I've played the characters in other games, but I have never actually played that game itself. So Love that game. Yeah, definitely uh, definitely one that I missed out on. So take two. Uh, killing it last quarter up this morning. Any stocks moving in sympathy? I think I saw AT. Yeah, Activision Blizzard, yep. EA. Blue Mobile, Ear. Zynga, I'm long Zynga, full disclosure. Because um, of your mom. What about H-E-A-R? <laughs> yeah, that too. What, what are you looking at? Which one? H-E-A-R. Yep. Oh, yeah. I, know, I didn't even think about that one. Yeah, that moves up, obviously, with the headsets. Not as much as – but but it, it'll move along with the gamers for sure. Good That's a nice move. Yeah, that the has. The gamers, it's staying home. Uh, it's headsets for gaming. Yeah, for me, you know, it, it was Pac-Man and Asteroids and uh, Pinball. I was I loved Pinball, He's except when pinball you got the tilt. wizard. Okay, uh, when take two, yeah, you gapped up. I don't know if you're going to get another shot at that 177.80 Triple D. Uh, that was the high in the after hours. Just kind of so leaking. Just I think kinda like, I'd be eh. scared chasing this. Like, why would you buy it here at 173.50? I mean, right they, now. Uh, last night on Fast Money, they had you buy it at one seventy six. Okay, so then it, it's uh, it's good. It's good here. So I don't, uh, I don't agree. I, don't I was like sold to you guys, but I I still own it, so I actually didn't sell it to those guys. <laughs> uh, I, I just think I'm in from one ten, and I don't think I think eventually the take two story still goes. So, but as a trade, it might be time to book profits. The only thing I would say is if it got near the top of yesterday's range, once I call one sixty nine nineteen support, that was a high from yesterday. So four bucks away. So if I was forced to buy it, uh, you know, that's where I would that's where I would look at it. One sixty nine sixteen. SPs hit seventy one. We got a little bounce here up at seventy five and a half. More mm-hmm. earning stocks here. Uh, we had a couple cloud ring central reporting. We had Cyberk this morning. Um, there's no real like, whoa, the big guns, but there was a lot of stock. So chat, if you've got a specific stock you want us to mention or talk about a specific earnings report, let us know. Otherwise, we're going to take and just go where we want to go. So I'll go to CyberArk. I own the stock in my long-term portfolio. I put it in there I, back around 96 bucks, and I'm, I held it through the earnings report. Obviously, the stock's trading down off the earnings, so maybe it's not that great. Give us the details. Yeah, it was a case of a strong quarter, but light on the guidance. So Q2 just EPS, 42 cents versus a 27 cent estimate. And that's a nice beat. Sales 106 versus 101 million dollars. So beat on the top and the bottom line in the second quarter. For the current quarter, they guided uh, our EPS range of 19 cents to 33 cents versus a 38 cent estimate. So light on the EPS guidance for this current quarter sales in line, but a light EPS guidance to go with a strong quarter in last go around. A couple of people, I just want to give this update again. A couple of people complain about blurry charts. If your chart is blurry, go into the bottom right corner of your YouTube screen. You'll see a little widget hit settings, then hit quality, bring it up to 720p and you will see us crisp 
charts. You'll be able to see all those cyborg levels that Joel's going to talk about right now. 112, 112, 112, 112, 12, 112 and a half, 112, 98, 113, 112, 53. Those are the highs that you had earlier in the month. So I'll look for that as support here today, whether if you're trying to short it and bring it in a but that is a very, very important area. Uh, coming back on the upside here, if you're looking for resistance, people that bought it yesterday's low, not too far away, 118.31. So that's your first area of resistance as well as your close at 119.87. If they try and do the whole reversal thing on this, a couple highs. At the, well, yesterday's high was 120.75. But after trading down to 116, I'd imagine people might reload at 120 ahead of that close, you know, right around that close from yesterday, which was also the high close of the move. Solar Edge, SEDG, I believe this is making new all-time highs. I had a horrible trade on this yesterday. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I actually have some bad trades sometimes too. Um, I had it long overnight because you know how I like to play the earnings run up and then it got downgraded. I got out of a chunk in the pre-market and I held the other chunk and then it opened like a 172.66 and I didn't sell the open, which was a big mistake. And I watched this thing puke on me about 10 points in about 10 minutes. And I'm like, are What's you What's the symbol on that? I'm coming up. S-E-D-G, Solar okay. Edge. I absolutely um, got, got the beats on it. The, on the, on the, I got out of half in the pre-market in the 173, 174 area. And then the other half I held into the open. And then I was trying to get out of the open. I missed the opening tick. And then before I knew it was under 170, I was like, well, how low are they going to take this thing? And I watched the thing go down to 162 bucks. I was like, I should have sold that. Again, it's difficult when you got 25, 30 stocks and you're trying to work them all. You don't notice, you know, you just look at your P&L. You're like, what the hell is going on Solar Edge? And I knew it was downgraded. I knew it was going to get hit. I didn't think it was going to hit that bad. So I almost sold the low on this thing on the other chunk. It actually did bounce a little bit. I didn't get the exact low, but I sold in the 164 handle because I cut losers. And then I watched it rally right back up to 172, 173. And I was like, I suck. <laughs> oh, well, here are the numbers. First, you mentioned the, the downgrade yesterday. That, that was from JMP Securities uh, to, to their version of neutral. And then the earnings were out after the bell. They beat on their EPS, beat on their sales, and gave uh, inline sales guidance. So good numbers. Again, sure. I wanted to complain about my trade yesterday, but you're at all-time highs on the thing. I mean, stocks making you all-time highs. I do not short. So yeah, you got a, you got well over 200 uh, here in the after hours. Got to so. 200 box. <laughs> yeah, people did. get so excited. These algos, they get so excited. 201.98 is where it got to. Just hanging out here. Well, so at it's already coming down. So it doesn't look yeah. nearly as bullish now when you look at that after hours chart. No, no, it doesn't. Leaky, leaky. Uh, you know, by in, leaky. In the, uh, in the, let's see what we have as far as the range from you. Ah, we're way out of yesterday. This, you know what? I pass on this one. This one's too difficult. What I was the, uh, yeah, what's the solar Especially stock? Especially after my debacle yesterday, Anna. What's the solar stock that um, got, it wasn't Citron, but it got muddied water. PH. And was phase. That, it yeah. wasn't even Muddy Waters. It was the other one. Uh, 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 oh, pru not pru Yeah, we both uh, know it, and it's on the tip of her tongue. Uh, precious Point? That was a buy. I knew Look it, too. That. It was a stock that oh. I wanted for a long time, too. You can see the washout when they came out with the short report and saying, you know, <laughs> the fraud. 
down to $37.81 that day. That was the absolute bottom. Stock's been straight up since. It's up in sympathy with SEDG. Uh, got all the losses back plus some. I wanted to buy it. I was like, I should buy this. I should buy this. I couldn't bring myself to buy it because I was like, what if, they, what if it's true? What if the stuff they're accusing them was true? And sometimes, you know, these short sellers know what the hell they're talking about. In this case, it looks like at least the market thinks it's not true. So it would have been a good buy. Buy the where, dip. Where, hey, where's, uh, where's Mr. Uh, Mr. Left been? He hasn't been. He's in hiding, eh? Oh, yeah, he's, no, he's, he's around. Lockdown. He's around. I've seen him on. He's on, in lockdown. I've seen him on the Fox Business. He's he's around. He got bullish there for a bit. Remember, he, he only ever had bearish calls, and he's been making. No, no, no. There was that one time. <laughs> that one time he made a bullish the call, but, every, but it was like three years ago. But everyone just assumed because it was him that it was it was a short call, but he was actually bullish, and it just went. It was just a complete reversal. But uh, he like didn't go out of his way to make it clear that he was long. Mm. And or that he was bullish, so everyone just assumed. Hey, Dennis, you're getting a little love here uh, from Randy. Randy Tink. Uh, so Hi, rare Randy. to see Dennis lose. Dennis, you've given I me so many really good picks over the last few months. Thanks, man. You're the best I know. Oh, thanks, Randy. Uh, I like the nice comments. Thank you. Uh, oh, just one thing. Just talking about getting caught um, on the wrong side. Did you see what Alarm did yesterday? Was it alarming? Yes. I am full of puns here today, in case you didn't know. Yeah. I, I put on my pun hat last night. Did you see what that Slept stock with did? on, just off, to give me more puns. Off the Google ADT deal? They didn't so, like that deal. <laughs> no. Look at what they did. They're like, that. why didn't they pick us? Yeah. Holy mackerel. So is that, all, is that what that was selling off of? Because Google had the deal with ADT? Yeah. Yep. I guess and they're getting online. I guess that makes sense. I never even thought about mind. that. That keep makes this, perfect sense. Keep this in mind. Alarm reports earnings tomorrow afternoon. I'm Alarm. Just... I would say I'm looking at the low from yesterday. It's a critical low for it to hold. Sometimes you get a two-day move, a little bit more flush, but 5624 is absolutely critical that it holds that level. You know, we've seen this before. We've seen this setup yeah, before. Yeah, you have. Yep. Where you have all of a sudden, oh, you know, like Match and Facebook. And, oh, Facebook's coming out with an online dating service. And Match gets slaughtered. And then you look at it two months later, it's like, why didn't I buy Match on that fall? Could this be the opportunity in Alarm.com to come into that one saying, yeah, ADT is going to come in maybe and give you a little competition. But maybe it's healthy competition. And maybe it's good for both companies. Spencer Israel, I'm throwing this one to you. Would you buy the dip in ALRM? Wow. <laughs> I would. Um, if I'm we, a buy the up, dipper, but with but, I don't want to see any take out yesterday's low. I, I mean, if I had some speculative capital, there are worse speculations to make than, yeah. than, than this. I don't mind it. You're getting the Boy, stock that sounds like early June pricing. It follows our theory of a stock in an uptrend, although the trend is a little bit concerning because it was such a down day yesterday. Is the trend broken? Depends how you draw your line. <laughs> yeah, I always I like, you know, when the trend you know what, analysis. You know I probably would. I probably would because. I think I would too. If, if they report tomorrow, they have a history. Oh, of, they report tomorrow. I, I take it back. I don't want to buy something. They, they have a history report, of though. beating estimates on both their. No, I didn't know they report tomorrow. I'm waiting for the report. Too um, scared. I mean, nothing has changed from the business. <laughs> it didn't change yesterday at all. It was just the, the, the headline from the the ADT Google thing. So I don't know. I, if I wanted to play into earnings, sure. I'd buy the dip. I don't mind the dip. 
The name of the game is buy the dip. This stock has been in a clear uptrend for a long time. It was a hell of a dip yesterday and maybe overdone. I kind of think when we look back at Alarm here, six months from now, it's going to be higher. So, and, and it's like significantly higher. So I kind of like the buy the dip. I'm writing it down. I'm not going to buy it ahead of the earnings probably because I'm too spooked. I don't like taking through, you know, putting an initial position on for the first time right before an earnings report, but I'm going to note and watch it off the earnings. And if it dips more on the earnings, you know, maybe it gives you a shot, even low fifties, I buy. Right, I maybe, think so. Maybe this is a good time to segue into ADT from yesterday. Dennis, do you, wow. know, how, do you know how many trading halts it had? I, I estimated that it was going to have 21. How many did it have? You were not even close. I think it only had like six. Oh, it wasn't even bad. So anyways, off that first five minutes that I was watching, I was like, oh, halted. Oh, halted again. Oh, halted again. Oh, I remember this. This is Kodak part two. So it got up to 16 and a half. They pulled the rug out from under, halted a couple times on the way down. And now it's starting to, you know, this is one, obviously didn't have to run the Kodak. Did, is it going to fill the gap? Not right away. Stocks do tend to fill gaps, so it's a little bit scary to be a buyer in here. But get down. What would be, Mr. Alcon, with your fancy math, what would be a 50% pullback of just the move from yesterday? So it closed uh, at 861 and went up to $17. 17. That's like uh, nine points. Four and a half. Four and a half. Carry the two. No. So four and a half. So 12-ish? Well, it's a thirteen. Uh, yeah. seventy-five. Yeah, there's nothing in there though. I know, I know. I like it at ten bucks. I don't know what's getting there. I, yeah. You're gonna have some people come in here. It's not gonna pull the Kodak. Um, well, Kodak has filled the whole gap either, but Kodak is just a debacle in itself. I mean, ADT obviously is a company. They're a business for you know? a long time. Yeah. So ten bucks, it looked good. Ten to eleven. I don't think you're gonna get that low though. Yeah, that that like I said, that that's another that's another tough chart there. Uh, yeah, really tough. Tough chart. I guess, I guess me and Joel are out. Tough chart Tuesday. We do have some tough charts here today. Next, next. Well, right, let's go. You want to save space earnings for? No, our let's guests? do space. Let's talk some outer space. I love outer space. I would sign up to go on the rocket ship if I didn't get, you know, I'd probably get too Well, nervous. Dennis, uh, you can put down a, a refundable deposit. You, you know that, right? Only, I went on a helicopter once. It's only $1,000. And I, I went on a helicopter once at the tour of the Grand Canyon, and it was fun for about 10 minutes, and then I was, like, getting motion sickness from it. I don't get motion sickness on the boats, which is interesting, but on the helicopter, motion sickness. So something about being up there in the sky – I'm fine on airplanes too, but those are smooth. Helicopter wasn't smooth. I don't think a rocket ship's going to be smooth. I don't think my stomach can handle it, so I'm not going to put the deposit down. But I love the idea of seeing the Earth from outside the Earth. All right. Well, here Sounds we go. Fun. Virgin Galactic earnings from yesterday. EPS they lost thirty cents per share. Not a surprise because they're not profitable. Uh, sales zero dollars. They don't have any revenue. Zero dollars, right? Yeah, they don't have any zero. revenue. They don't have any revenue. So um, it's hard to beat earnings when you don't have any revenue. They also announced a proposed uh, share offering of twenty point five million shares. That's why we're down. in stock. That's going to hurt the stock this morning. Uh, as far as company updates, here is what they said. They have they have since uh, deposits opened up in February, they have around six hundred what they call future astronauts, six hundred uh, confirmed deposits as approximately as of the end of July. Uh, Richard Branson is set to go to space in Q1 of next year. They announced a new CEO, and they 
release some uh, some some designs of of what their ship will look like, but uh, there's some pictures. But put it in the retirement account is what I've done, and trying not to look at it. <clears throat> it's choking me up even thinking about it because I watched this thing go from 27 now down to 21. If I was not in this already, I'd be a buyer of the pullback. I would look where the offering price is. Yeah, where is it? Do you have that? We don't have it yet. I don't think they've announced no. it. No. So when they announce that price, if it's 20 bucks, you're buying a little bit ahead of it. If it's 21, you're buying a little bit ahead of it because I think that is going to act like a floor. As a trade, I might even put it on for a trade if I can get it down near anywhere near that offering price. The story here cooled off a bit, but I think it'll eventually get hot again too. I think when we look at SPCE a year from now, I think it's higher. Obviously, I wouldn't be invested in it. This is one I'm trying not to look at. It's worked. It was a long time before I started making money on this. Like I said, I was in this three, four months, and it went nowhere. And I, you know, I was taking a little bit of heat. I almost stopped myself out on it. And then it's had the ridiculous round of 27. Now it's pulling back. It's a healthy pullback. $20, I like it. I think it's a pullback to be bought. We're, we're, uh, we're polar opposites on this one. Uh, Dennis, you I just, space. yeah, I you mean, like space, you, you don't like you, space. Though. You wanted to go in my account and sell the L brands. I want to go into your account. And <laughs> I, I, I mean, sell space, take I the mean, runny and runny says, take the, I mean, not? when, I mean, it just kind of like, it's just like you're a conflict here, you know, like you're, you're worried about, you know, the airlines and you're worried of, you know, the potential ramifications of, of uh, COVID. I, I just, I just don't think people are going to be shelling out money to go to outer space. They got a lot of deposits times. already. Yeah. Did they return, get some return, Spencer? Or not? They got a lot of people signed up. They got like six or 700 people signed up with they, a deposit down they, there. I mean, it's a refundable deposit. So some people have gotten refunds. That's why they can't book it as revenue. Yeah. Right. I, it's only $1,000. Just put the money down. Get the money back. To go to space, do you really want to? What, what do you pack? Like, what do you take to wear in space? I just, you know, what do you I'm, eat in outer space? Yeah. I. What are they eating up there? Are they eating peanut butter sandwiches? Are they eating like... I don't think you're up there long enough to really enjoy a meal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds kids. fun. I, I, I honestly just think, and the SpaceX play isn't going to go away. And obviously, this gets love. We've seen before when SpaceX gets love. And, you know, they have a deal with NASA to do some stuff. This is just not a one. This isn't going to just be a one trick pony. We take people out of space. This is a lot of other potential profits. And I believe in the founder here, too. Branson, uh, awesome businessman. I believe in the story. So this is a story stock. And this isn't one that you take all your money and you bet it all on space. This is a speculative capital still, too. It's absolutely right. Speculative capital only, I would say. So you take a little portion you know, like of my portfolio, it's probably like 1%, 1% of my portfolio. Yeah, that's good to hear. Uh, I want to get our, our guest thoughts on this. Andrew Channon, he's the co-founder and CEO of Procure AM. You've got the uh, UFO space ETF. Andrew, good morning. Have you put your deposit down uh, $1,000 to go to space with Richard Branson? I've not yet, but uh, I've certainly been having conversations and thinking about it. Well, what's to think about? Um, yeah. I have, a, I have a wife and family and, uh, you know. <laughs> the, doesn't want the rocket uh, to not come back to Earth. <laughs> no, you know, there, there's a lot going on, uh, you know, in the world right now. And, uh, you know, things are busy over here. And you know, we've been you know, certainly investing a lot of our company's money into, into other things, uh, certainly around uh, promotion for, for products and uh, new business ventures. So we have, we have a lot of stuff going on, but I'm certainly interested in it. 
Uh, all right. So, Andrew, what were your what was your thought, reaction or uh, thoughts on uh, the space report from yesterday or the Virgin Galactic report from yesterday? Sure. So yeah, there, there's a lot to digest. So we saw early in the morning there were plenty of updates as far as um, you know, new designs and, and things like that. Um, a, uh, an MOU with Rolls Royce. Um, a lot of talk about not actually their um, space tourism business, but actually the hypersonic point-to-point -point travel. Um, you know, then we we saw the earnings come out right after the close, and you know, not not uh, surprising as, as you all mentioned that we saw you know uh, you know a, a loss um, because they're a pre-revenue company, so you know that should have been expected by by anyone investing in there. Um, but then, sure enough, you know, shortly after that announcement, we saw this this stock offering. And so, you know, it was, a, it was a little surprising to see it come after so much news. You know, I, th I think you know, I, I never am happy to see, you know, a lot of, you know, really positive, exciting stuff. And then that followed up immediately after with a, uh, you know, stock offering. But, you know, clearly they see appetite for investing in it. And if they know that this is, you know, a long-term business that they're building out and it's going to require capital, it certainly makes a ton of, certainly makes a ton of sense that they're looking to use this opportunity when they have, you know, demand um to to raise more capital so you know it, it probably uh you know, may be a savvy thing for the company to have done that so andrew we had you on our show uh back in march i want to say and since then uh spacex has uh sent to space and uh have we have we have come back down uh a pair of astronauts nasa's first uh uh the successful uh, flight of, of U.S. astronauts in like 45 years or some, something like that. Uh, so space has got is has been in the news uh, in the past few months. But has anything changed as far as the 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 investment thesis in space over the past few months? Um, I, I think it has, and I think the investment thesis has actually changed in one where we're seeing an increased need for spending on space. And I think it's coming from actually an area um, that many people weren't talking about as much. So if you look back at uh, Morgan Stanley and Bank of America and other um, large financial, financial institutions that have started space um, you know, research groups, um, you know, Morgan Stanley believed you know, over a trillion dollars by you know, 20, 2040 and Bank of America by 2045 was talking about closer to $2.7 trillion industry for, for space. Um, you know, a large um, catalyst for that was the belief that the big driver was going to be broadband internet and from the communication side. But what we're seeing in recent days and months and weeks and that, and, you know, that is that um, the military and defense of space is becoming you know, very front of mind. And I don't think as many people were expecting the space race to heat up on the military and defense side as quickly as we're hearing, but certainly you know, we're hearing more of a breakdown in geopolitical relationships between the U.S. and um, not just our adversaries, but even some of our allies um, in the last several months. And you know, it kind of brings to the front page. You know, if if the U.S. is going to be building out and and dedicating more of our budget to things like NASA and Space Force and Space Command. You know, what we do in the U.S. doesn't happen in a vacuum. And although we want to always be the leader in every military um, you know, frontier, China, Russia, and others have aspirations as well. And one of these surprisingly nearer-term aspirations is China's building out of a permanent lunar colony. And that is something that could have um, you know, an impact for, for decades, um, if not longer to come, for whoever is able to successfully actually start building out permanent civilizations on the moon. 
So, Andrew, if we can put Virgin Galactic aside for a second, that's obviously a company in, in very early days here. If, if someone doesn't have the stomach to uh, invest in a company with zero revenue, what are some alternatives for them? What are some other ways, uh, individual companies I'm talking about, other uh, stocks they can buy uh, with exposure? Maybe like what are the safest ways to get exposure to, to, uh, to space via individual stocks? So, um, you know, I, I think it's difficult to choose individual stocks and you know, you're going to have volatility with any investment and company sure. risk and competition. So, you know, I, I would never say that, you know, investing in any stock is a, is a safe stock, let alone space or, or not. But, you know, a lot of these companies, you know, people hear space and they think, you know, far off sci-fi, um, you know, in 200 years from now, what will this look like? And that's not, you know, what everyone's investment horizon is, right? So, um, you know, Let's let's look at you know the types of companies that we have out there. Well, in um, in the space industry, you have some of the aero uh, diversified aerospace and defense names. So names that people might not say, okay, that's a pure play space name, but these are companies I'm familiar with. And there you have companies like Lockheed and Northrop, um, and you know some of these uh, you know Boeing and Airbus. These are major players in the space industry but it's not really driving the majority of their revenue. So you can look at those types of companies and say, okay, this gives me some space exposure, but it also gives you some other, you know, diversification. I think, you know, one neat thing about Lockheed is they have, you know, their skunk works, um, you know, division, which is ones that are working on, you know, very high level, top secret, in many cases, military types of projects. And, you know, you might not know that, you know, skunk works was working on something until, you know, decades later, possibly, um, so you know, there's a lot going on. You, know, you have the United Launch Alliance, which is um, you know, a partnership between Boeing and Lockheed, which sent up the, um, the, the most recent uh, Mars rover launch um, for NASA just the, uh, just the other week. Um, so you know, these are companies that are doing things in space, um, maybe because they're diversified, you don't have as much exposure to space, but at the same time, you might not have as much volatility due to space businesses. Then you look at you know, some of the other maybe more pure play names and you start getting into the satellite and communications companies. So, um, you know, in our, in our, uh, in UFO, we have something like uh, called Orbcom and Orbcom is a company that helps with, um, you know, logistics. If you want to track where your assets are, where your packages are, um, you know, where your, even your personnel may be, um, you know, people and companies are relying on things like um, you know, GPS, which is a satellite-based system, and most people aren't really aware of it. Um, just yesterday, we were hearing about VMware partnering with Dish Network, another satellite company that people maybe are more familiar with for Dish Network and their, their TV-based applications. But uh, VMware is looking to, to work now with Dish as being their 5G partner. So you know, there's a lot of ways that, that space is actually affecting many different companies and industries, but people don't realize the importance that space plays. So you, know, you have things like 5G, blockchain, cloud computing, internet of things and connected devices, and people get really excited about these industries, but they don't realize that satellite players are actually a major part of that infrastructure backbone. So we kind of look at some of these satellite names as the digital data um, toll operators for the digital data superhighway. And so you know, I think people need to start looking at how they uh, view space 
from a, you know, a very different perspective because space is essential to so many different industries. You know, our smartphones don't work without uh, you know, GPS. Our favorite apps don't work like Uber and others without space-based systems and technologies. And you know, this is a, a really interesting infrastructure play in many cases from some of these other satellite names as well. Andrew, let me hop in here just for one second. Look at this. Uh, this is total technical here, but look at 34 in this year, folks. Uh, we are trading up four cents in the pre-market. You're bumping your head. Are they going to clear that seller out at 34 today? Yesterday's high, 34.08. You got other high, 33.95, 34.07 here. So, Man, that if you want something clean and a, a setup right there, uh, break out a day, you know, regardless of what the market does today, I'll be keeping an eye on uh, Dish here over 34 bucks. I'm sorry, Andrew, go ahead. No, you know, I, I think Dish is an example that, you know, a lot of people looked at it as, you know, oh, this is a, a TV play. And you realize that, you know, because of the infrastructure that they've already laid out, you know, there's other ways that you can work with these companies. And, you know, you know NASA itself has basically come out saying, we no longer need to build, operate, and own every single piece of technology that we do. We want to work with you know, the commercial side, and we've got goals as well. If they could help us build you know, what they're doing to help us achieve those goals, we'd be more happy you know, to contract them or license things out. And you know, this is kind of how we're seeing companies that have the infrastructure in place today. Um, you know, in many cases, that could, they, they could be leaders for a long time if they you know, continue doing what they're doing. And it can be very difficult for newcomers to enter um, you know, the, the realm of space. So, you know, positioning is a big thing. Can you talk about some of the other top components uh, in, yep. the, in, in the, the index? Yeah. So, so um, uh, Virgin Galactic is actually currently the top, uh, the top weighting in UFO, but, you know, there's companies like Maxar, which, um, you know, for years it was more of a Canadian focused company, but they get government contracts. They help, um, you know, build satellites for, for, you know, commercial enterprises as well. Um, they've you know, also spun off some some assets. They've been able to you know, successfully build robotic arms for um, for for spacecrafts as well that can help with um, you know, fixing things that that break down in outer space. Um, you know, so so we have you know, space tourism exposure. We have satellite manufacturing and, and operation exposure. There's a really interesting company that we've actually recently added uh, during the last fund reconstitution back in June. Um, it's a company that many people won't be familiar with. It's actually based out of Italy. It's Avio, A-V-I-O. And they're probably, you know, the, the, this you know, very big, but relatively unknown, um, you know, rocket company. And they help a lot of, um, you know, the ESA, European nations sending up, um, you know, some of their satellites into orbit for whether it's, you know, military or communications purposes. And, you know, in the U.S., you, re you really hear so much about SpaceX and you know, the United Launch Alliance. But, you know, you realize, too, that, you know, there's, there's other, you know, launch companies from around the world. And Avio is one of these that, um, you know, ha hasn't gotten much attention. And that's, you know, kind of one of the reasons that, you know, we like the idea of, you know, investing in space with diversification. Andrew, just then stick here. I just wanted to ask you just a general question, you know, when you're looking at, you know, potential companies to invest um, in, in, in the ETF, what, what is like the procedure? How do you go about, you know, finding these ideas? Because these, some of these companies, you know, like I've never heard of, but you know, they sound like, you know, very interesting, you know, thought interesting ideas. Where do you get the, and where, where do you find the companies to invest in? 
Yeah, so that's actually work that's done by the index provider. So the S Network Space Index was um, a partnership between S Network and um, Space Investment Services. And the the individual that runs that, um, his name is Michael Walter Range. He's a former director from the Space Foundation. And actually kind of building out an index of publicly investable companies um, was a project that he was working on while at the Space Foundation. And um, when that became not a top priority for them, he was given the opportunity to actually take his years of research and knowledge and um, you know, try to commercialize this um, you know, through his own means. And we were um, you know, fortunate enough to, to partner with them. Um, so he's someone that brings years and years of, of dedication and experience in, in the space business, understanding you know, space business, space technology, space policy. And so having someone like that with a, a very strong background in the space industry, he's even um, you know, building out a space venture capital um, you know, investment fund. And so you know, someone that's constantly looking at companies from around the world of all different sizes with his unique perspective, something that we're you know, thrilled to kind of have the index powered by. So you know, they and S Network, who have built many indexes for all different types of thematic products, you know, they're, they're you know, scanning the world and looking at investable markets and on, on major exchanges to find not just the companies that are there today, but also looking at companies that are saying, all right, you have some space business, but maybe not enough to be included in the fund. Um, you know, there's two tranches in the in, in UFO for companies. You have pure play, which are deriving over 50% of their revenues from space. Then you have the more diversified aerospace and defense names that get less than 50% of their revenues from space-related businesses and activities. And you know, if companies start you know, spinning off their space assets, they could be reduced or removed from the index. Whereas companies start you know, building up or focusing more on pure play space, you know, they could see larger weightings as well in the future. Uh, Andrew, real quick before we let you go, uh, we've observed anecdotally on our show that uh, when you get some sort of event like a SpaceX launch, for example, like it could serve as like a near-term catalyst for for Virgin Galactic. Um, have you observed anything with regards to fund flows uh, increasing around specific space events like a SpaceX launch, or, or is that not a thing? No, you know, we, we've witnessed that, you know, the more space is covered, kind of the more exciting the event, um, you know, the more people realize that space is open for business. Space is an investment. You can get different types of exposure. Um, and, you know, that exposure sometimes leads to more attention for UFO and our space ETF. Um, so, you know, in many cases, you know, the fund can be a beneficiary of the increased pickup in media coverage. But, you know, there are more and more by the day. Um, stories coming out about space, you know, space for good and space for, you know, long-term military and defense build out. So, you know, I, th I think, you know, having a diversified fund allows you to have companies that could benefit or be harmed in some cases from different space news. And, you know, I think it brings more attention to why people might want to play space with a, with a diversified um, kind of lens. Andrew Chatton is the co-founder and CEO of Procure AM. The Procure Space ETF ticker is UFO. Andrew, thank you so much for the time today. Thanks for having me. All right. A lot I want to get to here. Let's just do BLNK real fast. Uh, we talked about EV stocks uh, on the PM show yesterday. This one did not really rally, but it is rallying this morning. They announced a deal with uh, Cushman and Wakefield to deploy their charging stations. BLNK up big in the past few minutes, sort of on the heels of uh, a day yesterday where we saw Nikola, Workhorse, Plug Power, Neo all have huge rallies when the story got hot. I couldn't have been more wrong yesterday because I thought the story would stay cool for a while and it got hot that day. 
So like I was looking at the workhorse. I was like, wow, it's just been hanging out. It's not going. It's not going. It's not going. Well, I went yesterday. So they turned around and they started buying the EV stocks yesterday. And you got to admit when you're wrong. And I thought the story would cool off for a bit, but boom, just like that, you know, the story starts to get hot again. So then you think, okay, well, what other potential plays are out there, you know, that you might look at. And, you know, this is obviously one that you can look at as well. And people are looking here this morning and buying it. I don't like chasing stocks again. You know, some people make money chasing. I don't. I don't follow the Blink story at all either. And it's a stock that's up from $2 up to $12 yeah. now. I feel like I don't know how to manage the risk on this one now. I mean, I guess you could say I'll stop myself under yesterday's low, which is just under 10 bucks. But Parallel it's tough to chase. Yeah. It's tough to chase. Uh, a little bit concerning about this chart here is it did even sniff that three-day high. I mean, we, we hit there, maybe we will, but it took a, it went right to 13 bucks and that three day high is a, a way up there at 1458. So that, that kind of tells me is like people that got jammed between 13 and 1458 are trying to mitigate some losses here. We've already backed 75 cents off that high 70 cents. So uh, for this one, for me, get really bullish. We got to get up test that at least at 14.58 parallel if you want to lean on 10 bucks that's a love of the lean on uh friday's low 10.02 yes low 9.96 and that was perfect you had the high in the area that you broke out from on the 29th old resistance new support with a double bottom there so uh keep an eye 10 bucks great support level there in blink doubt you'll see it today some right. news here just breaking on kodak yeah. we got yep Oh, you, you can give it, Spencer. Yep, we've got Senator Elizabeth Warren, who has asked the SEC to investigate uh, in, in potential insider trading probe uh, in the uh, the Kodak, whatever you want to call it, Kodak coronavirus yeah. uh, drug development situation. I mean, we've talked about this for a while. Obviously, there was some insider buys ahead of that deal as well. Whether you know they were saying those were just you know normal, you know, my part of my buying on a regular basis. Um, yeah. Elizabeth Warren wants to look closer here at this. I mean, a lot of people made a lot of money on this. The stock went from $2 to 60 because the government got involved. And obviously it's come back down since and a lot of people have now lost a lot of money. So yeah, there you go. I think you got to look into it. I agree with uh, Senator Warren. Make sure everything's clean. Yeah, so I agree. Was, yeah, you were saying five bucks in six months. Do you want to amend that prediction? No. It's 14 Make now. It I think it's I said I think it's going under when this was fifteen or sixteen dollars. I don't know where it tops out, but I think I, it's under five bucks by the end of the year. I just wanted to see if you were gonna move it up at all. No, no, no. I think it's gonna be under five bucks by the end of the year. Sorry to the longs. I think the story here got hot for a day. I don't think it's getting it back yeah, here. But okay. I've been wrong before. Stuff can happen. Maybe there'll be another government contract that'll pop it up. But barring another, you know, massive government contract coming their way. Eastman Kodak is still Eastman Kodak. All right. Uh, a bunch of tickers from the chat. We'll get, we'll get to a few of them and we'll cover the rest on our afternoon show. Let's do a check here. They had uh, earnings yesterday after the close. CHGG online education uh, is hot and the proof is in the numbers. Q2 EPS, three, 37 cents versus a 32 cent estimate. Sales of 153 versus $136 million. So beat and a beat in the second quarter. Q3 sales guidance, the guided a range of 140 to $145 million. Tough stock to trade. I actually, so I said how I had the bad trade in SEDG. 
everything I lost in SEDG I made in Chegg yesterday because Chegg gapped up five bucks ahead of the report. I had them both long because we know I like to buy stocks ahead of the reports. I talk about that all the time. SEDG, I got dinged on the downgrade. Um, but on Chegg, I did not get dinged on anything and it was gapping. I think I, I think I bought at the close. So I bought, I actually paid the closing price of $80.97 on Friday. And then I sold it at, I sold it in the pre-market. Oh, I didn't even sell it at the open. I think I sold it like eighty-five seventy in the pre-market. So I made almost five points on that, just on that you know overnight trade. So that one was a good one. So everything I lost in SEDG, I did make back in Chegg yesterday, which was good. So sometimes those trades work. Sometimes you get dinged on news or a headline or something. But more often than not, I feel like there's that positive bias going in. Especially in this stock. Yeah, wow. it's a storied stock, hot. People are going to be talking about it ahead of the report. It's enough to catapult it up. So I had a big day yesterday. So a lot of the gains were priced in yesterday. It was a good report, but you know the money was made from buying it Friday. And if you're buying it at the close and taking it through the report, you get a decent report, and maybe you got out on that quick after hours pop. But ninety seventy five, I got to. Yeah, I got over ninety, and that's you know. So maybe you snuck out there. I think the story is still here. I you know looking at you know if it pulled back to eighty dollars, maybe you take another shot, but. Again, you know, it's a stock that's up from 35 in April, so don't kid yourself. It's been running for a while. The profit-taking could be more substantial than you think if it decides to start taking profits. Uh, one number, that close, 85 of 93. That's it. It's resistance to me. Stock's got to get above there to get into yesterday's range. Uh, as long as it stays in the red here, what's yesterday's low? Uh, I, I don't, I don't even like that gap up there. Yesterday's low comes in at eighty three twenty three, and uh, opens up to eighty one oh three there. Uh, so there's your gap. So there, there's a look at it. I on a day like this, after a stock makes a new all time high, a new all time closing high, blasts in the pre market, and then goes red. I think your institutions are looking at that closing price and saying, hey. That might not be a bad sale. Let's do a couple tickers from the chats because okay. we haven't, we, we've always been very busy with gas and earnings here, but let's take five minutes, do a few tickers from the chat. Um, I'm going to grab the last one I just saw with Zoom. Um, somebody's Zoom. saying, is this story still in play? Is this still a hot story? Yesterday chart looked very good. Um, a nice breakout there. I would say yes. I would say bulls are still completely in control. If I was long Zoom, 237 would be my stop, but I know it's 30 points down. It's like, oh, I don't want to lose that much. But we really got lots of support down there in that 230 area. And this is a story. Valuation's in, in, in insane. So you can't think about like long-term investing in this, I think, is out there. I, I don't believe that Zoom is worth what it is. So I don't want to stick this in my long-term portfolio at all. But as a trade on pullbacks, it looks good still. I would stop myself out under 237 with my target being 300 bucks. I'm looking at this one a little bit differently than you, Triple D. Uh, I, I'm looking at this 271 area. You got the 271.10 yesterday, uh, backed off the close at 268, and then I see another high at 271.35. It went just under that. So I, I, I see the 240 support. I see 240 is major support. I see 271 is major resistance. Uh, it's been in that trading range going back to mid-July. So nearing the top of the trading range, I'm a little bit more of a seller, 270, 71, than 
looking at I know you're not looking to buy this at 267, but just seems to me a little bit top of the range after after making that all time high. Let's pound out three and three and th- three minutes, 30 seconds each. Right. I'll just go. Okay, no, I've got about 20. Grab them, grab them fast. Okay. Uh, one so number, I- Joel, when you're going. What number? You get one number too. Give us a good number. All right. Someone asked Dennis if you're still waiting on 45 and Intel because you did say that a few days ago. Yes. Okay. Great. Joel, that's to you. That's, uh, that's how you do a stock in one second. Uh, I didn't have the Intel chart up. Give me a chance. Um, I don't think it's going to get to 45. All right. You'd be a buyer here? Yep. Joel Stop likes it here. I like it at 45. So. I'm what cheap. about, what about Wayfair? They report, coming, they report this week, Wayfair. Price has been insane. The move's been insane. I think everything's baked into this. I think this could be one of those sell-on news type of event, even though if they blow it away. But if stock's hot, I'm not going to be short. I've been bearish since 180. Well, yeah, we've been wrong on this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we'll do one more uh, from. Do three more. Go. All right, Go over square, time. square. Ooh, square. Uh, I sold it at $65 when I thought that there's no retailers that are open right now back during COVID. So I was wrong. I wanted to hold square forever. So I sold square. I sold Facebook. I sold the other, I don't know what else I sold. That. Anything I sold back there in April is wrong. So I haven't got a chance to get back in. I may never get a chance to get back in. Stock's awesome. Uh, old time closing high from yesterday. I'll just give you that number. You are above it. You'll easily trade below it today. But my number for the day, 134.80. That was your old time closing high from yesterday. All right. We'll, we'll do one more. Activision Blizzard, they report today. Big group of earnings after the close. ATVI is one of them. Uh, you got the problem of take two now raising the bar farther for Activision Blizzard. So that's concerning. They're going to have to really blow it out for it to continue to go higher. They might do it. And they did it, I believe, last quarter. And they're probably going to beat. They're going to beat. It's going to be a good number. Is it going to be good enough? That's the question. Like I said, I booked my profits in ATVI last week. Um, I wish I wouldn't have now that I see it's breaking out further. Again, I thought it was topping out in the old area. I was wrong. It's breaking out to new highs. I'd be a buyer of pullbacks, but I'm not buying ahead of the earnings. Uh, let's see here. Trading up. Wow. Two bucks. I will look at the top of yesterday's range, which is 8505 is support. And there's that, there's no resist. This is a new, this is a Keep an back. eye on take two. Yeah. Right new all time high, huh? Triple D. I know. This I came know. all the I thought way it was going to fail at the old all time high. That's why I sold it. And now it's taking out. I should just, you know, eat it and rebuy it, but, uh, I'm not going to. All right, uh, big earnings day, like I said, Beyond Meat, Activision Blizzard, Disney, Twilio, Enphase, Nicola, Wynn, Paycom, Ooh. Upwork, Glue Mobile, all after the close today. Nicola. For earnings. Joel and I will be on our PM show at 3.40 p.m. Eastern time to preview a bunch of those reports. I want to also remind everyone, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. We appreciate that as always. Thanks to our guests. Can I hit the like button? I've never hit the like button. You can hit the like button. You should hit the like button. I just liked our own show. Great. I am one of those likes. I I see it even blue. I've never hit the like button before. I I see your like. You just came through just now. So thanks. I liked it. Uh, I've been I've been running down all these tickers in the chats. We will cover as many of them as we can at the 340 show. So I've got a list of about 30 here. So if we didn't get to yours, don't fret. We'll cover it at 340 or at least uh, try to. Please remember all the information from our show meant to be used as informational purposes and not for investing or trading advice. Everyone have a great rest of your Tuesday. Good luck and be safe. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.